We read together to remind us of where we are going. That is towards Jesus, allowing the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, and the family of God to form a fidelity of allegiance to him alone. Please read aloud with me as we confess this together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, global, and apostolic church. We believe in the forgiveness of sins proclaimed in water baptism. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Faith Church. Glad you are with us today. Uh, you're kind of new around here. My name is Matthew. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we're going to open up the scriptures and kind of get into it. If you have a copy of the Bible with you, go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. You can pull out your phone. Go to faithchurchks.org. There's a card there on our central hub that says sermon notes. You can click on it. Follow along as well as we get going. I just have one question that I want you to really kind of consider as you're finding Romans 12. And that's simply this question. Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Are you becoming more joyful? Are you becoming more cynical? Are you becoming more generous? Or are you becoming more grouchy? Who are you becoming? Are, Are you becoming someone who reflects the life and the character of God? Are you someone who is growing and becoming, reflecting the life and the character of the world and the enemy of our souls? Who are you becoming? It's not a matter of if you are becoming someone and if you want to be, we are all becoming someone. All of us, whether you want to or not, you are becoming something. We are all in process and progress. We're all being shaped and formed and fashioned all Around us, it's interesting, in Psalms chapter 1, uh, the psalmist kind of gives us this, this picture, this contrasting picture. It says, uh, there's someone who, uh, he says, don't be like this. He says, don't be uh, like the one who follows the advice of the wicked, who stands in the path of the sinners, who, who uh, sits in the seat of the mocker, of the scorner. He says, but instead, be like the person who delights in the Lord, who delights in the law of the Lord, and who is becoming like a tree planted by a river of living water. 
become something. You're becoming, you're either moving in the direction of this first contrasting image of the, the scornful and the, the judgmental and the wicked and the sinful, or there's, there's this process of becoming rooted and founded and established somewhere in the ground and, and allowing this person, this, this life, this person whose life is like a tree planted. He goes on to describe this person, this type of person who delights in the law of the Lord day and night. It says that this person is uh, like somebody whose leaves never wither and its fruit is always available in every season. Now, fruit in reality isn't available in every season. There are some fruits that are seasonal. But the writer of the Psalms is trying to paint a picture for us to understand that there is a life that can flourish when it's planted in the right place. If you're seated in the right place, if you're among the right things. Romans chapter 12, this is what the Apostle Paul talks about. He, he says something really, really interesting as it relates to us becoming something. I'm I just going to continue to explore this a little bit. Romans 12, starting at verse 1, says this. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Notice that it's a physical salvation that we're called to. That there is something of bodily activity that matters to the pursuit of God. It's not just an intellectual or spiritual enlightenment. It's a physical action and activity. Be, beloved, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. If we could just pause for a minute and think back, what has God done for you in 2021? There's still breath in your lungs. That's one. There's still life to be lived. That's two. Still people around you that you could call family. That's three. We, we, we could sit here and recount all that God has done for you. And because of all that God has done for you, the reasonable thing is to recognize that your physical being can be presented to him in the right way. He goes on to say, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he, God, finds acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. I love that Paul is letting you know there is a way to worship God and there are ways that we should not be worshiping God. And you don't get to decide what worship is. God does, because he's God, and he's the one receiving the love. I've used this illustration before. Uh, your wife may have a love language. It may not be your love language. It doesn't matter if it's your love language. It's her love language. She wants to be showered with gifts, then shower her with gifts. That's what love looks like to her. If she needs you to vacuum and do some acts of service and pick up your dirty underwear and do something, then by golly, do that, because that's love to her. You might be like, no, love to me is like a well-cooked meal. It's like time alone. It's whatever it is, you get to define some of those things. What is affection to you? God Almighty gets to define that for you too. Why do we lift our hands in worship? Why do we clap? Why do we sing? Why do we shout? Well, because that's what God in his word tells us worship is supposed to look like. It doesn't look like a personality. It looks like what scripture says. And the apostle is letting us know that there is a way that we worship God. There's a way that we move in God. And, and you're going to find here in just a minute, I'll just kind of, spoiler alert, um, what and how you worship is how and who you are becoming. And you're all becoming something. We're all becoming something. He goes on in verse 2, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world around us. 
but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will for your life is, which is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. It's a wonderful will that God has for you for your life. So here in this verse, we see that if we are going to become something, it's linked to the behavior that we have. And our behavior is linked to the way that we think. You could say it like this. Mindset matters. It's one of the phrases that we have here around faith church. We say it often. Mindset matters. Your mindset, it matters. It matters because what you think envelops and becomes eventually something that you do. And what you do happens to shape who you are becoming. And as we enter into this new season, this new year, I think there are some things that we need to come back and and renew around in our minds to understand and know who we are becoming more alike. And it starts with how we think, where our mindset matters. Uh, This past uh, Monday and Tuesday, I was in Tulsa helping my parents Move. They were loading up a truck and moving to North Carolina. They've lived in Tulsa for over 35 years, and uh, it's where I grew up, spent much of my life, and I am well acquainted with the area of Tulsa. But I haven't lived there for quite some time. It's been almost 18 years since I've lived in Tulsa. And uh, we were going to go to dinner one night, and my parents said, here's the restaurant we're going. It's on this uh, and they were using north, south, east, and west as if they forgot who their son was. Has no idea who knew south, east, and west. God bless my parents' heart. I love them. Uh, but like, so they were giving me some directions and some things. I'm like, oh yeah, I know where that restaurant's at. I'm good, right? I, I know where I'm going. So I get out I'm on the path. I start going. And all of a sudden, I look around and I'm like, uh, I think I turned down the wrong road. Like, I grew up here. I know these roads, right? Like, I own these streets. Like, I know what's going on, but I started to get lost. And in a panic, I bailed out and I said, hey, Siri, get me directions too. And Siri showed up. And it was incredibly humbling to have to admit that I got lost and forgot where I was going. Even though I knew where I wanted to go and was pretty sure how to get there, I still got lost. And then Siri loaded up in my GPS and took me a route. Don't don't miss this. It took me a route I had never been before, but I still got to the same destination. Friends, I think this is what God is doing in our church this year. We we have announced and and told you that for our theme as a church this year, it's this idea of faith 2.0, that there is a renewal of disciples who make disciples. This is, this is our pursuit. This is the direction that we're moving. And while the destination, disciples who make disciples, is a well-known destination. In fact, Jesus said it from the beginning of, of his ministry. Like, I've called to make disciples. Come follow me. Be my disciples. And then he was leaving the earth, and he gave us instructions to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. That's Matthew 28, 18 through 20, in case you wanted to look up and double-check my work. That's what Jesus commanded us. We know that that's what we're called to, but I wonder if some of us have gotten so familiar and we assume we know the path that we need a renewal of some directions on how we get there. Why? Because your mindset, it matters. You might know that you want to have a good marriage, but maybe just maybe it's time to rethink the thought patterns that you have about your marriage 
that changes some of the behavior within your marriage so that your marriage becomes the light that you want it to become. You know what you want, you know kind of what a good parent should be, it looks like, and what's in your mind and what your heart is, but your behavior and your actions and your activity and your priorities maybe aren't getting you there, and maybe it's because there are some things that you've been believing in your mind that aren't quite true about your parenting and about your approach and about the reality of your life, and they've been built on a lie that has led to some behaviors that are a little bit miscued and, and practices and, and, and priorities that aren't there, and it's becoming something in your household and in your family that's not what you really wanted to begin with. And it's time to reset our minds. And over the next few weeks, we're going to share with you mindsets 2.0 here at Faith Church. Some new mindsets. Not, not really new, but some renewed language around what we know God has called us to as a church. Who he's called us to become. And the behaviors and the thought processes and the thinking that's going to help us become those things. And that's what we want to talk about as we embark kind of on a renewal this year, a renewal of our own faith. It's, again, a destination that we're probably familiar with, but maybe some routes and some intentional paths that we're going to take to get us to become who God has asked us to become. Why? Because like Romans 12 says, the renewing of our mind, it's reasonable way in which we can shape and form our lives, not to the patterns of our world, but to the ways of God. So that then we can understand what God's will is for our life. It's good, it's pleasing, it's wonderful will for your life and for my life. I think that's what we all want to walk in and walk out. And so today I want to look at one of our mindsets. We have five mindsets that we want to introduce you to over the next few weeks here at Faith Church. Mindset number one is this. We are rooted. Can somebody say that? Say, we are rooted. Come on, say it again like you believe it. We are rooted. Rooted, We are rooted, holding fast to a simple message of Jesus, scriptural orthodox doctrine, and the power of his spirit. This is what we are rooted in. We are rooted. Let, let me take this first part. Number one, we are rooted. And I encourage you to write it down in, in your notes, but let me read you this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. As we reset our minds to some things, see, see a renewal of our mind so that we're really, really, truly walking out the ways that God has and the things that God has for us. We are rooted. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21 says this. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, come on, don't miss that characteristics of who our God is, from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ through it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. 
Doesn't that sound like a life that we want to live? Doesn't that sound like something we want to become? Somebody rooted and strong. Somebody who understands and has a complete grasp of the love of God. How high and wide and long and deep his love is for you. So that we are then formed and fashioned in a way that is full and complete and not lacking in any way in the fullness and life and the power that only comes from God. He goes on to say, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power, not yours, but his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than you might ever ask or even think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, and everybody said, amen. Man, I love this. We are rooted. He says, I pray that your roots would grow down into the love of God. We are rooted. We want to be rooted and established in God's love, his love for us, which keeps you strong. Why? Because there are things that you will face in your lifetime that will make you feel more weak than God's strength. We'll come to a reality where you want to throw your hands up and say, I don't know if I can keep going. And then you remember that your roots are down into the love of God. And there's a strength of faith that can stand and stay in a place that gives you the ability to keep moving forward instead of stalling out. So that we're rooted. Come on, somebody say we are rooted. We are rooted. The question then is, what are we rooted into? Okay, Christ's love, that's, that's good. His prayer uh, is that we would be rooted in God's love. That's my prayer for you, that you would be rooted in God's love. But let me articulate a little bit more fully here as a church some things that we are rooting ourselves and have rooted ourselves into. Number, the second thought that I want to give you is simply this, that we want it to be rooted in a simple message, Jesus. We want to be rooted in a simple message, Jesus. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 10. It says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Pause. This links right back to Romans 12, where it says that our, our life in following God is about our bodies being involved in the process. I wonder if many of us have accepted Christ as our Lord, but we've never followed him in surrender. We're still living on our own preference, our own timeline, our own agendas, our own ways of doing things, and we've never actually stopped to surrender and actually move in the direction of God. We just added God to the journey of our own selfishness. We've added Jesus, and we've accepted Jesus, and we've embedded him into our own Christian American version of what it means to follow Jesus. But we've missed some of the point. He says, and now you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. You must continue to follow him. Don't miss verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. That's Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. 
Let me break it down for you. When you are rooted in Christ, what that means is there's a simple approach that we have to Jesus. There's a simple approach that we have to church. There's a simple approach that we have to faith. It's really basic. Get in love with Jesus. Be rooted and connected and abide in Jesus. Get to know Jesus. We are rooted in this simple understanding of Jesus. Why? Because in the life of Jesus is 100% a picture of what does it look like to know and follow God. 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 We have here at Faith Church a very simple philosophy and approach to church even. Real simple. Two words. Relationships and responsibilities. Relationships and responsibilities. Real simple. We want to build relationship with God and the people around us. And we want to carry responsibilities because we are a part of a family. So we serve. We participate. We, we recognize and we move forward. It's, it's both. And in Matthew 28, we said, Jesus said, make disciples. There's, there's a part that you get to play in that. Making disciples. Let me define for you uh, real, real fast what, what I think a disciple looks like. A disciple is somebody, I think, who knows God through the scriptures. You would know and accept Jesus, that you would know God through the scriptures. Two, that, that you would be someone who practices the way of Jesus. We spent all of 2021 talking about what does it look like to practice your faith? What does it look to practice the way of Jesus, to live in a way that moves in the same direction, that, that practices the way of Jesus? You, you'll notice on our Central Hub this year, in, uh, especially in the sermon notes card, Towards the bottom, there's something, uh, there's a section that we're curating each message and definitely each collection that we're, you're going to see us list there called practicing the way. There's going to be a prayer that you can pray. There'll be passages of scripture that you can read that week. And then there's a pathway that you can walk in. A simple practice. Why? Because we don't, we're not, we're not forgetting what it means to practice our faith as we talk about faith 2.0. No, we're doubling down on practicing the way of Jesus, living it out. And so we're gonna update that each sermon and sometimes just each collection of messages that we have to give you some practical, well, where do I start? What does it look like? Here's a prayer that you can pray this week as you practice following Jesus. You pray it every day. Here's some passages in scripture that you can read this week. I don't know where to read in the Bible. Here we go, we're giving it to you. Every, right there, you can read these passages of scripture. What does it mean to apply this? How, do I, how does it look in my life? Here's something that you can put into practice this week. Why? Because there's a practice of our faith. There's, there's a movement to it. There's an element of being rooted. And what are we rooted into? A simple message of who Jesus is. We love him. We love others. And we lead other people to do the same thing. That's what a disciple does. They know God through the scriptures. They practice the way of Jesus. And they help others become disciples. That's what we do. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we want to keep it real simple. I, I, I don't believe in, in putting um, unnecessary hindrances in people's way to coming to Jesus. This is why I don't care what you wear in the church. Just wear something when you come to church. I just, all I ask. Right? This, this is why we, we um, do little things like, like, like have coffee and, and people out front to greet you and to love on you and to... Put a smile on your face because we, we want to make it really, really easy and 
be a part. We, we put things on the central hub so you can find them all throughout the week. And you, that can be a one-stop shop to just about anything, every next step, everything you want to grow and learn. Resources, things available. We don't want to make it unnecessary. You're not going to come to Faith Church and hear um, mounds and mounds of shame and guilt and do better and this and that. I just believe following Jesus ought to be fun and it ought to be full of life-giving nature of who we are. You're not going to find stuffy. You're not going to find weird. Um, I mean, well, maybe not weird. I don't know how you define that, I guess. I don't know. Right? Like, like we're just authentic who we are. I believe when you get a hold of an encounter of the real Jesus, something changes in your heart and life. And we want to invite people to do that all the time. Why? Because we're rooted to a simple message. It's Jesus. It's not all that we're rooted into, though. We're, we're not only just rooted to a simple message of Jesus, but we're also rooted in scriptural orthodox doctrine. We are rooted to some doctrine that has stood the test of centuries. It's not some new philosophy, some new idea, some get rich quick, just rub Jesus the right way and he'll answer all your prayers. It's some truths about who God is, his unchanging nature. Jesus is the son of God. He came in the flesh. He was born of a virgin. We, we are rooted to some ancient scriptural orthodox doctrine and practices. Look, look at Joshua chapter one, verse seven. Eight and nine, it says this. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or left. Do not deviate from them, he says. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you, will you be prosperous and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But he says, Get into the book, know what the book of the law is, know what God's word says, and don't deviate from it. Obey it, put it into practice, meditate on it, think about it, renew your mind, and let your mindset be anchored to the truth of what God's word says. There's a phrase used over and over again in the Old Testament. It says this, it says, don't remove the ancient boundary markers of your faith. Don't remove some of the ancient practices that have made your faith what it is. You'll notice over the last, uh, those of you who've been a part of Faith Church for a long time, you will have noticed over the last year, year and a half, we've uh, kind of slowly embedded some liturgical components within our gatherings. Liturgical components like um, communion every single Sunday. You'll notice that there are some scriptures and readings that we say every single week. There is a corporate time of reading and reciting some things aloud. Why? Because that is the confession of your faith, just like it's the confession of my faith. And for centuries, the church has always gathered and called together. And they are here together to declare and to remind themselves of who Jesus is and what they are holding fast to. 
That's why we read scripture out loud every week. You'll notice that at the beginning of our service, somebody calls you into worship. Why? Because as the people of God, we scatter throughout the week to be salt and light in our world. But the Sunday, there is a gathering back of the saints and we are calling out, come and gather together now. People of God, rise and come. You'll notice that at the end of our services, there's typically a benediction of sorts. More than just like, peace out, have a great week, y'all. Deuces, right? Like, it's more than just that. There is a blessing that we pronounce. We say go in grace and peace. And every once in a while in football season, go Chiefs, right? Like it's just part of our holy benediction as part of the people of God. You're seeing some of these things sprinkled into our services. Why? Because we aren't our own church, isolated and like the coolest thing to ever hit the market. No, no. We are rooted in something that goes back centuries. We're linked to the saints of old, and it adds to our faith a richness, something aged and beautiful that helps bring a robust sense of who Christ is. We are rooted in some, some orthodox doctrine. Uh, two years ago, we, we officially adopted, or excuse me, at the beginning of 2021, we officially adopted the Nicene Creed as a church as our official statement of doctrinal beliefs. That which you recited today. And we're going to recite often throughout, not just this collection, but throughout the years to come. So that we can remind ourselves that we are anchored to what we believe. What do you believe about God? I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. That's what I believe. What do you believe? Well, I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, eternally begotten of God, Father, light from light, true God of true God. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Right? Like we are anchored to something that is true, that is, that is concise, that helps us understand that we are rooted in something that we're not just making up as we go along. No, no, we're rooted in something that goes back and is true to what Scripture teaches and continues to remain true. We believe the Bible. And we're rooted to it. We're rooted to a simple message of Jesus. We're rooted to scriptural orthodox doctrine. And... We're rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit. Rooted in it. Ephesians chapter 3. Go, go back to, to, to our verse earlier. I pray from his glorious, that's God's, unlimited resource, he will empower you with your inner strength through his spirit. In other words, living the Christian life isn't just about believing a set of beliefs and then living however you want. Living the Christian life is about a decision to surrender and not just accept Jesus, but follow Jesus. And can I let you in on a secret? Your pastor isn't strong enough to follow Jesus on his own. You're not strong enough to follow Jesus on your own. Some of you can't make it through Walmart on your own. Come on, right? You, you couldn't make it through the holidays with your family in your own strength. What, what makes you think that we can follow this God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength without some empowerment and his strength that he gives you? The grace that you need is the Holy Spirit of God. You need the spirit of God. And he says, I pray that from God's unlimited, God's not limited in strength. 
He's got plenty to give to you and 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 to me. He ain't running out. He has this unlimited strength and power within your inner strength through the spirit that Christ would make his home in your hearts as you trust him more and trust yourself less, as you would trust him more and trust the ways of the world less, as you would trust what his word says and not culturally what you think is true, that you would trust him more and that Christ would make his home in your hearts as you trust him and that your roots of your life so that what is produced from your life comes from your roots and that your roots would go down into God's love and it would keep you strong because there is an accuser out there and every morning you wake up and every night you lay down, he wants to whisper some things to make you feel guilty, make you feel ashamed, to throw shade on you. But friends, can I tell you, we serve a God who doesn't believe in guilt trips. He's not there to shovel shame in your direction. He's there to invite you into his love to be rooted in something gives you strength to endure and live this life faithfully his way and you need the power of God and you need the power of the spirit and we as a church believe in being rooted in the power of the spirit why because Jesus dadgum said you need the Holy Spirit that's why Jesus said it pretty simple show me scripture pastor I will Luke 24 just one though because I don't have time to go through all of them Luke 24, listen to these words, Jesus' words, starting in verse 47. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. That's the simple good news of Jesus that we believe. If you repent, God forgives you and brings you into his family. That's what we believe. He says, that's the message. We're going to proclaim that everywhere, he says. You are witnesses of all of these things. Verse 49. And now, somebody say now. now. And now I, Jesus, will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Power from heaven. Friends, you need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. And, and we want to be a people rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit. Rooted in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Rooted in the fullness of the gifts of the Spirit. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul was writing his young apprentice, Timothy, and he says, um, I, I want you to be careful at, at the end of time, Timothy. Be, be aware. There will, there will be many people who come and preach false things. They will have a form of godliness, but deny the power of the Spirit. They'll have a form of godliness. They'll look good on the outside. They'll say the right things, do the right things, believe the right things, even preach the messages that sound really good and right but they'll deny the fact that the power of the Spirit is at work and exists and is available. Watch out. Friends, the only way we are transformed according to Ephesians 3 and Romans 12 is that the Spirit of God would work in us and through us. 
You, you can't be formed and fashioned in your own way. You have to be formed and fashioned in the way of Jesus. I don't believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is for our entertainment as believers. But I believe rather it is to equip us and empower us to fulfill God's purpose. Making disciples and growing in our rootedness. We make disciples. You might be sitting there, faith 2.0, this renewal of disciples. I, I can't disciple somebody. You're right. You probably can't. But when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you'll have the courage and the power and the ability. He'll give you the gifts and the abilities and the talents and the things that you need. He'll bring to your memory everything that you need to know and say and hear. And he will empower you to be a disciple maker. Someone who knows God's through, through his word. Someone who practices the way of Jesus and leads other people to know God through the scriptures. To practice the way of Jesus and lead others to know God through his word, and to practice the way of Jesus, and to make disciples who know, are you catching this? And it's the spirit who wants to work in you. Here at Faith Church, if you were to think about it as a Venn, Venn diagram, three circles that, that link and overlap, Faith Church, what, what, what is Faith Church all about? You want to know what it is? There's a simple approach to Jesus in the ministry of Jesus that we have. There's an orthodox, historical, ancient doctrine that we are rooted into, bringing some of the liturgical practices into our midst to worship God in an anchored way. And we believe in the power of the Spirit. There is a charismatic ethos about us. That ought not scare you because the Bible talks about it clearly. This is who we are. We are Rooted. Would you say that with me? We are rooted. And those are the things that we're rooted into. I want to read a, a passage from a book that I've been reading that speaks to this understanding of how we need the spirit and the truth. And as, as we come to this moment, I, I want to invite you to stand and go ahead and grab your communion elements and I'm going to read this passage and then we'll, we'll come to the table together. But I, I really wanted to read this to you as a preparation in our hearts of something. So go ahead and if you have these elements here in the room, you can open up the top layer and get the bread and then open up the second layer and have the juice ready. And just hold on to them in your hands and we'll all partake here in a minute. If you're at home, I hope you've got something nearby that maybe you could use. Grab some daylight donuts and some great coffee. That, that works too, whatever you got. L listen to these words from John Mark Comer in his book, Live No Lies. He says this, let's talk for a minute about spiritual formation, this discipleship. If you're new to that language, all I mean by spiritual formation is the process by which we are formed in our spirits, our inner persons, into the image of Jesus. Spiritual formation isn't just a follower of Jesus thing. It's a human thing. We're all being formed every minute of every day. We're all becoming someone. Intentional or unintentional, conscious or subconscious, deliberate or haphazard, we're all in a process of becoming a person. The question isn't, are you becoming somebody, but who are you becoming? 
The question for us as followers of Jesus is, how do we become more like Jesus and not like the devil? Teachers of spiritual formation, as well as leading experts in neuroscience and psychology and the best of the social sciences all agree that our mental maps play a key role, our thought patterns. Again, this is why Jesus came as a luminary teacher to give us new mental maps that congrue with reality. But truth alone is not enough. We need something more than just truth and reality. We need relationships. Or in the words of Jesus in John 4, we need spirit and truth. For years, I was puzzled over Jesus' language, but I've come to realize these are the key to spiritual formation. To change, to grow, to break free of our flesh and become like Jesus, we need spirit and we need truth. What is spirit? Pentecostal scholar Gordon Fee defines spirit as God's empowering presence. It's the animating energy we draw on through relationship to God. And truth, as already covered in the book, is simply reality. Our, or words that we can rely on to find meaning in our lives. Another way to say this is we become like Jesus through relationships and reality. Let me give you a human example. Spirit or relationship without truth has no meaning. So imagine a time of suffering in your own life. The death of a friend or family member, a brutal diagnosis, a lost job. Now imagine that it caused you to have serious doubts about God. A friend comes to visit with you, but she never says a single word. While that would still be comforting and make you appreciate your friend's love, it would likely not be transformative as it would offer no truth or meaning to help you adjust your mental maps to the reality in a healthy and healing way. We need spirit and we need truth. Or flip it around. Truth without spirit is cold, even cruel. Think of the internet. It's full of truth. But without a human to help you navigate it, it's just a compendium of endless facts. Nobody's life was ever transformed by Wikipedia. Nobody who ever doubted God in tragedy discovered a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas in the basement and that saved his soul. Or think of the vivid parody of a street preacher screaming truth into a bullhorn. Have you ever met anybody who repented at such preaching? I sure haven't. Why do we react with such emotional nausea to street preachers? Because it's truth without spirit. It's reality, kind of, without any kind of relational equity or loving presence. So, we need both spirit and truth. Both the relational presence of Jesus and his community and the meaning giving truth of our rabbis, mental maps. We need the spirit. We need the truth. And we need to be rooted in the person who we find both Jesus. Friends, we're rooted. As we come to the table, I want you just to take a moment and close your eyes for a second. Just simply ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Are there some things that you found yourself rooted into that aren't producing 
you becoming a person of Jesus? The, the gospel message is simple. Repent of your sins and be forgiven. Why do we come to the table every week? To remind us to renew our minds and our thinking around the reality that Jesus is enough. That his body represented in the bread was broken for our bodies. That his blood was poured out, represented by the juice, bringing us wholeness and forgiveness of every sin. It's Jesus that we need and his grace that saves us. And we remind ourselves week in, week out, we're linked and anchored to as Hebrews says that Jesus has become an anchor for our souls bringing us eternal hope so father as we stand here at your table with the elements in our hand we come not as individuals today although we are we come as part of a larger story that you're telling through our body through our family through our church and Lord, where we need to repent, we just stop and we say, Lord, would you help renew our minds and move us in your direction instead? Where we've maybe projected a form of godliness, but we've been denying the power of the Spirit to work in our lives. Lord, would you open us up to that? God, maybe where we've been rooted in the world and in the ways of the world and our own success and our own business and our own agendas and our own opinions. God, would you help us get rooted in you, in your word, in the truth of who you are, in a relationship with you. Lord, our confession is that we want to be people who follow Jesus and are rooted in him. We thank you for it today. Let's take the bread, which represents the body now. And the juice as well. Now let me pray a benediction and prayer over you today. Father, today we have heard your word, and I pray that you would help us to not just hear it and forget it, but hear it and let it sit in us so that we can live it out. Help us to put it into practice. Jesus, we want to be people who are rooted, rooted in you, rooted to this, this doctrine and orthodox that's, that's found in scripture, God, and we want to be people who are rooted in the power of your spirit that forms and transforms our very lives so that we reflect you more in our world. Lord, help us to do it. We need your spirit to do it in us. Root us, establish us in your love. Everywhere we go this week, God, may we remember that we are radically loved by you. We pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. 
Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If, you're, if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.